I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 482 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest for you guys today. Joe Pagliarulo, better known as Joe Pags, joins me on the podcast today. Pags is a nationally syndicated TV and radio host. He is one of the very best in the business. Pags has won multiple awards for broadcasting from the Associated Press. Newsmax has dubbed him as one of the most influential talk show hosts in the country. Shortly after I did my interview with Pags on First Class Fatherhood, Pags did an interview with former President Donald Trump. That interview is available on Pags' website, so go check that out. Now, back in 2016, Pegs experienced one of the father's worst nightmares when one of his daughters went missing. He's going to talk to us about that and so much more. Joe Pegs will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Joe Pegs was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the syndicated radio host and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and if you guys enjoyed today's interview with Joe Peggs, you may like some of the other legendary radio talk show host dads that I've interviewed right here on First Class Fatherhood, including Sean Hannity, Don LaGreca, Greg T., Adam Carolla, and many others, all available in the archives for you to listen to at your convenience. And make sure you guys are following me on Instagram, at Alec underscore Lace, for all the upcoming guest announcements, including a legendary Hall of Fame baseball player, a current UFC champion, as well as one of the most famous dads that I've ever interviewed here on First Class Fatherhood, who will be making a return to the podcast. Find out who all of them are on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace. I'll be making those announcements and more on Instagram coming soon. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, please hit me with that rating and review. And as always, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show to see us celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Joe Peggs. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, my pillow has got so much more to offer than just the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. But don't just take my word for it. Here's my wife to tell you her favorite product from MyPillow. Honey, what is it? Well, I love all the MyPillow products, from the robe to the towels. But my absolute favorite, hands-down product, is the MyPillow mattress topper on our king-size bed. I have the best sleep since owning that topper. It's like sleeping at a spa resort, and I can't wait to sleep on it tonight. And I look forward to seeing you there tonight. And let me tell you something right now, guys. Happy wife, happy life. And this mattress topper has been a game-changer for me. That's a guarantee. And speaking of guarantees... All my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? First Class Fatherhood listeners can now save up to 66% off. That's right, up to 66% off your order using my promo code FATHERHOOD. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD to save up to 66% off or use the 800 number. That's 1-800-875-0219, 1-800-875-0219, and your savings will be applied instantly. Visit MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD, and save up to 66% off your order at MyPillow. Joining me now, First Class Father, Joe Pags, Pagliarulo. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Alec, thanks a lot, man. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? I've got five daughters. They are 29, 28, 20, 12, and 6. 
Wow. God bless you there. I, I got four, I, I got four kids myself. I got three boys. We finally got our girl at the end. Nice. Uh, if not, if not, I'd have five right along there with you, but, uh, we got her on the end. So if you could, Joe, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners a little bit about your background and what you do. Well, I'm a guy who uh, is from Long Island, New York, originally. I grew up in South Florida for the most part, and I've been in broadcasting now 31 years. Uh, syndicated radio talk show host, 150 radio stations, about 5 million listeners. We also stream it live on Twitch, Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 p.m., Joe Pags. Just put the two words together, and you'll find me. But I was a TV news anchor for a long time in Michigan, in uh, New York, in Florida, and uh, and I've been on the, the national networks a lot, Fox, CNN, HLN, uh, Newsmax, a lot, of, a lot of places like that. But uh, I mean, that's sort of the professional kind of personal background. Been married 30 years uh, to the same wonderful woman. And uh, we've got five beautiful daughters, three natural born to us. And we adopted two. Yeah. Wow. Great stuff, Joe. And then uh, along this, obviously, you're crushing it with your career on the radio here. Along this journey, about how old were you then when you first became a dad and how to becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? I guess I was 25, I think, when we had our first daughter. And yes, yeah, 25. And uh, it, it was planned. It was wonderful. She was beautiful. It changed our lives in that you're so hyper focused on your on your 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 hope, your wishes, your dreams, your your future, your profession, your career, uh, that when you have a child, you realize that the focus really is on the child. And luckily, we've still been able to flourish uh, career wise as well. But becoming a dad, certainly as much as I've accomplished and I've accomplished a lot and I hope to accomplish a lot more. Uh, being a dad is the, the most important job by far. Yeah, well said. That that's the major point I try to you know really hone in on here on my podcast. I bring on these guys like yourself, guys that just really crushed it in life, and they really testify that despite all these accomplishments, it's been through the experience of fatherhood they felt any fulfillment. I talk about on my podcast, we got a fatherless crisis going on, Joe, in our in our country here. We got so many kids are growing up without a father in their life. Now you mentioned there that uh, you adopted two. What was the uh, genesis of that? What what made you guys decide to go through uh, the adoption, and how was that process for you? Our 12-year-old Gia is from China. I went to China and adopted her there. In China, many people don't know this because we're afraid to say what's really happening with a, a government that's a really bad, bad government. Um, in China, they had a one-child policy for a long time. It's desirable in China to have a boy. When you have a girl, they sometimes would have a bucket of water off to the side and just drown it after it was born. This is true. This is not me making it up. It's horrific. Um, my wife found out about this and, and was reading some books about it. We watched some documentaries about it. And we also knew that a lot of these little girls were just being abandoned in the street instead of killing the child when it was born. And would they grow up in an orphanage and have no mother, no father, no future, no anything, um, and basically be there until they could just be sent out on, out on their own. So we looked into this, and we found uh, this baby, Gia, who obviously was made to be ours. And uh, we've had her now for 10 or 11 years. And it's just it's an amazing thing to take somebody from – uh, an immensely dire situation that you knew she would never flourish in life to a situation where she's a regular American kid who's got great friends and she's in cheerleading and she's she's really living a life that she otherwise wouldn't get the chance to live. We wanted to save a life, and I think that we did by doing that. The other uh, child, Mesa, our six-year-old, is a family member's child that um, that wasn't in a position to raise her, and we said, hey, we're moms and dads. We know how to do it. We love her like crazy. She's blood. Let's bring her in. And uh, we've had her since she was about six months old. And again, she's she's going from a life that was uncertain to a life that's certainly more certain. So so as Alec, as I keep on working to make this career as good as it can be, um, I still, again, the chief job is to be dad. And I think the prob that's probably the, the job I'm best at, hopefully. 
Yeah, hey, that's great stuff. I just recently had uh, Jesse Barrett, the, uh, his wife, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, became the Supreme Court Justice. I had him that's on great. the podcast. They, they adopted two from Haiti. His story was incredible. I, I think there's really no greater form of love you can have than to bring somebody in that's that's not your own, make them your own, and give them a life they would have never had. So props to you there. And I know I remember Thanks. reading that a couple of years ago. One of your daughters went missing, uh, and yet luckily you found her unharmed. What was that? What was that? Walk me through that whole scenario there. What was it like uh, to find out that one of your girls went missing, and what was that experience? like for you it was about four years ago now and um it, it was rough we, we didn't see it coming and i think that we were kind of naive to be honest with you you've got to be very very careful with social media be very very careful with who's preying on your children she was 15 going on 16 and it turned out a, a much older person was was pursuing her we didn't realize it and um uh, and one day she went to school and just didn't come home and and that was it the freak out was on and it was weird timing because i talk a lot about career and about fatherhood uh, that night that she disappeared was the first night I got my TV show on Newsmax TV. And I had to go on. I couldn't just not do the show. So I'm doing my radio show. I'm doing the TV show the whole time trying to figure out where my daughter is. And we we engaged every law enforcement uh, officer we could find, the FBI, uh, the, the border, uh, the ICE agents, Border Control. Uh, we talked to everybody, and uh, and we, we honed in pretty quickly on where they were. But uh, it was a harrowing experience. I mean, your heart... You, you, you say that your heart sinks to your stomach, and you might not really mean it, but it was in my throat, it was in my stomach, it was everywhere in my body. I was, I was almost disconnected from reality. I was going through the paces of life while doing everything possible to try to find where, where she was. And, um, and my wife and I just, I mean, we stayed close together as a unit. We had all the friends and support around us, and, and thank God law enforcement found her, locked the guy up, and, and we got her back. But um, to explain as a father what that's like, knowing that that's your blood. Because before you're a dad, and you know this, Sally, before you're a dad, it's all about you. Before you're a dad, it's all about, uh, you know, who can I meet? Who can I talk to? How can I make a couple of more bucks? When you're a father, that's first priority. And when that happened, it, it just, it, it was earth shattering. And it really did wake us up. And, and if there's a message that I want people who are watching or listening uh, to get, is that you've got to be hyper attentive to what your kids are doing. When they're young teens, even younger than teens in this day and age with technology all around them, there are outside influences that can get into your inner circle without you knowing it. And uh, it, had we been more aware, I feel confident that it, this might not have happened. But it was pretty sneaky what, what went on with this guy. And, uh, and I'm glad that he was caught and he's, he's away in prison. Uh, and uh, getting her back was a godsend. I mean, we had a real second chance at life because a lot of parents don't get their kids back when something like this happens. Yeah, well, thank God that it worked out for you guys. I, I've had a, a Navy SEAL, Craig Sawyer, on the show. He has the Vets for Child Rescue. He goes after these scumbags that are out there that do this, that are hunting down our kids. So he's hunting the, them, which is great that there's people out there that are trying to combat this. Obviously, uh, ch child trafficking is a huge issue all over the world, but especially here in America as well. And, and now, just just to tie this in, I mean, you have five girls. My, my only girl is six. I'm already you know, not dreading, but I mean, I'm not looking forward to the time where she hits this dating scene. You've been there and done it already. What kind of advice or how did you kind of handle it when your kids became old enough to start dating? Well, I'm lucky enough that I've got this big, giant voice, right? So they, they would call on the phone and I would answer, who's this? What do you want? Why do you want to talk to her? Uh, so I, I was uh, imposing that way. Um, and, and seriously, even in person, when they would meet me, I would be big and I would be imposing. I'd let them know we're not going to play games here. Um, but as much as I thought that was all working, of course, we just talked about the situation where, where you know, sometimes things fall, fall through the cracks. Be hyper attentive. Be uh, unbelievably careful. Really make a good decision about when, when she gets a phone or access to the Internet. Realize that you can shut the Internet off. You can literally pull the line out of the computer, shut the, the Wi-Fi off, 
take the phone away. Realize that the phone is yours. And when you give the, the child a device, whether it's a phone, a tablet, a computer, whatever, this is mine. I bought it with my money. I'm going to allow you to use it. But if I say give it to me, I'm going to look through everything that you're doing. If I say you don't have it for a week, you don't have it for a week. You're not paying the bill. This is a privilege that you are not owed. And I'm going to make sure that we have a good experience with this. Like you said, there are scumbags out there looking to prey on our children, boys and girls. There are scumbags out there that are looking to infiltrate and tell them bad things about you or, or, or just get into their psyche when they're a very young adolescent, even pre-adolescents, and we've got to be hyper-careful. The only real advice I have is to be more attentive than you ever thought you could be. As attentive as you're being, be even more observant about what she's doing, and I think you're going to be okay. Yeah, great advice there. And what would you say, Joe, are the top uh, values that you hoped to instill in your girls as they were growing up and had that pan out as they got older here? You know, we raise our kids with the golden rule, treat people like you want to be treated. It's very simple. I mean, that's really the way life works. I also let them know that uh, I'm a conservative guy. If you've checked out my, my, my talk show, I'm not going to get into politics necessarily, other than to say what you see online, what you hear in the news, isn't necessarily reality. I believe that 80 to 85% of us agree that we love life, we love a, a, a higher power, whatever that happens to be, we value our families, we value our friendships, we value our, our work and our, our, you know, our preference about going out and having a career. So we all agree, generally speaking, don't let the other 10 or 15% of society tell you that we hate each other and that we have to separate each other, that we can't talk to each other. Talk to everybody, treat everybody with respect until they don't do that same thing back to you. And if they disrespect you and don't give you the treatment that you're giving them, walk away. Somebody else will treat you uh, the right way. So I think the overlording, the over, uh, the overwhelming thing I'm trying to get across is we most, most of us are really good people, human beings. And if we treat each other that way, we're going to be fine. There are a few people that will treat us like garbage. Those are the ones we know to avoid. I hope that's good enough advice. Yeah, it is, Joe. And I, listen, I, I try to bring in dads here from, from all walks of life, all religions, all, all, all creeds, all races. Yeah. And, and, we, and that's the common thread. We, we are united like this as fathers. We all want the same things. We're all a lot more alike than we are different, despite what, what is being said. And you mentioned there, too, that you are conservative. You're doing the radio. Obviously, um, whenever I bring a conservative guy on, whether it be Secretary Pompeo or Eric Trump, I've gotten just destroyed on social media. I just, just had... Um, uh, Senator Josh Hawley on yesterday, and I, and I got blown up there with everyone crushing me. <laughs> how has it been for you? I mean, navigating this cancel culture, uh, stuff like that. Does it affect your ratings does it, or does it improve? Is, is it actually helping you? How is it affecting you in your radio career? It's kind of interesting because it's a quandary. If you think about it, it doesn't make any sense. I keep on adding stations, 150 now. On the weekend, it's over 300. Um, I keep adding stations. The ratings keep on soaring. Um, we're, we're making plenty of money in the career. But at the same time, YouTube has demonetized my channel because I dared interview Rudy Giuliani. Imagine that. Um, uh, over on Facebook, they now put a disclaimer on my page that I have repeatedly, um, I think they said I purveyed fake news or, or incorrect or, or purposefully false information. The reason they said that is because I dared interview the, the my pillow guy, Mike Lindell. So cancel culture is real. I interview people for a living, kind of like what you're doing. And by the way, I'm, I'm very impressed by who you've gotten on the program. I'm humbled to have been asked, and I appreciate that. Um, but social media has done all it can to cancel conservatives. Look, you can disagree with me. That's fine. Let's have that disagreement, then go grab a, a piece of pizza uh, or a soda. We don't have to disagree and then hate each other and want to cancel each other. So one thing that I don't think conservatives do is say, you can't be on the platform anymore. You can't have a job anymore. You can't live in society anymore because you disagree with me. And I think the other side does do that. 
one last example. I just had a sit down with Michael Franzese, who's a former mafia guy. Um, and uh, he was prosecuted by Rudy Giuliani in 1984. I just had the two of them sit down and talk to each other on my show for the first time in almost 40 years. It was an amazing conversation where they, where they have more in common than I think they have not in common. I was lit up mercilessly on Francis's YouTube page because Michael dared have me be involved. Now, I'm the guy who brokered it. I brought it together. I'm friends with Rudy. I'm friends with Michael. I brought them together. I had the conversation. But still, because I'm who I am and I'm a Trump guy, I'll have Donald Trump on next week, in fact. Um, because I'm that guy, um, I shouldn't be involved. Because I'm a guy who has a voice, I shouldn't be involved. Because I'm a guy who has an opinion, I shouldn't be involved. So I've learned to, and it's hard, because the, the, greasy, uh, the, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I've tried to ignore the comments. I've tried to ignore the haters. I've tried to ignore the ignorance. It's hard because it's all around us now with this immediate information we have in our, in, in our pockets all day long. But I think that at the end of the day, when you, hit the, when you hit the pillow, you think to yourself, did I do a good day's work today? Did I bring some information to people today? Did people get a laugh out of what I said today? Did they enjoy that interview today? And, and when you go to bed, you had Josh Hawley on. That's a big deal. And the only reason people are mad at you is because you had Josh Hawley on, and that's a big deal. I had Matt Gates on yesterday. Matt Gates is under fire from everybody right now. It's a big deal to have him on. Did I sleep well last night? I did. Do people hate that I had him on? They do. But I think that we could rise above it and do really good work, Alec, and you are. And, um, and, and then at the end of the day, we can feel good about what we did. Now, if we purposely put in a really bad day's work, we should feel bad about that and do better tomorrow. But it's not a bad day's work because some you know, group of idiots on, on social media said it was. Does that make sense? Yeah, very, very well said, Joe. And I, I think social media, as as much as I, I, I never had social media until I started the podcast, but I need it in order to promote my show. So it's like, right. but but there's so much good that can be done with it that it just goes the other way. The, like you said, the squeaky wheel here, it's like, all, all it is is uh, so much garbage. But the, I'm trying to bring this message from both sides, from all sides about fatherhood. And I think, like I mentioned before, we got a fatherless crisis. So many kids are growing up without a dad in their life. It is destroying our society. If we our nuclear family could get tightened up here and we bring Bring some God back into focus or yeah. some higher power. I think all these problems that we're seeing would start to go away. I, I had Dr. Ben Carson on recently, and he said that it used to be 70 or 80 percent of, of black families were um, families with a father, a mother and, and some kids. Now it's 70 or 80 percent are born to single mother families or single single mother households. And the father's nowhere to be found. And it's like our society has given dads the OK to plant the seed wherever you want and go have a nice life. That's not the way it's supposed to be. You know, you're supposed to lock in and raise the kids that you've made or that you've brought into the house and be that that guide, be that father, then ha also have a mother. The Western nuclear family is under attack in this country right now. And I give you specific organizations, but I don't want people to get even mad at you for having me on. But there are organizations out there that are in the mainstream that literally are against the Western nuclear family. They have said so. So in other words, they want fathers to do whatever they want and then not have any responsibility. Dads like you and I should continue having conversations like this to remind dads that not only is it your responsibility, but it's a beautiful responsibility to have. It's a great, look, calling me dad is a positive thing. It's not a bad thing. I would never want to shirk that responsibility. And, and I'm, not, I'm not abnormal. I'm just a normal guy who's doing the right thing via our Judeo-Christian value system in this country. And again, you can be any religion you want, as you said, but this country was founded on Judeo-Christian values. If you don't know what that means, look it up. Uh, it, that's the only suggestion I would have for anybody who thinks it's okay for there to be a 10% or 20% rate 
of fathers and mothers uh, and, and children in certain communities in the household. That's not okay. 10 or 20%, really? That's nuts. Yeah, and, and you know what, Joe? I, I, I took the podcast of the last three Super Bowls to interview the players, and I spoke with Michael Irvin uh, last nice. year's Super Bowl, and he really hammered home exactly what Dr. Carson said. Uh, he spouted out those exact same statistics, and he was saying, you know what? He doesn't condone divorce, but if you got to divorce the wife, never, ever divorce the kids. And so exactly. uh, it, it's just so important to have that father figure. In, and let me rate it back into you as a dad here just for a minute here, Joe. Uh, what, what type of disciplinarian uh, were you as a dad with the kids growing up, and is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Um, my discipline when I, when I grew up, I don't remember ever really getting corporal punishment. I don't remember getting, maybe I got spanked when I was a kid. I don't remember. Um, but, but it was always, uh, I'm, I'm from an Italian Catholic upbringing. It was always about guilt. They guilted me to do anything they wanted, to be honest with you. This Italian Catholic guilt is something that's real. If you're not Italian and Catholic, you don't, you don't know what I'm saying. But, um, I, from what I understand, it's a very similar to the Jewish guilt. But, uh, at the end of the day, um, I, we did spank. I spanked my, my daughter's. It only really takes once or twice. Then they never do it again. And it's not some sort of violent something. It is, it, it's a it's a SWAT to tell them, if I tell you don't touch the stove, I mean it. If I tell you don't walk into the street, don't question me. If I tell you come here, just do it. I'm looking out for you. And I think that they understood very, very early in life that I don't really want that spanking on the rear end again. So maybe I should listen to what dad's saying. He makes sense. That's really the extent of it. It never got worse than that. I mean, you take away a privilege here and there. You send them to their room or whatever. But um, uh, for me, a swift a swat to the rear end, and I've talked about this on my show extensively, is very effective. If it's not out of anger, if it's not out of violence, and if it's to teach a lesson that's going to save their lives or stop them from injury or making them uh, understand that the adult is the person who's in charge here and you can learn from me. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. I was one of the kids that grew up, wait till your father gets home, and that was enough Absolutely. to deter me. You know? and, that and was if, it. And if you don't have that, and you combine that with this every kid gets a trophy philosophy that's been just a disaster, yeah. uh, I think that's why you're seeing what we're seeing right now taking place in our society. You, know, you, don't, you don't do that. I, like For me, I'd rather the cops get me than my dad get me if I was breaking windows or something like that. You know, <laughs> So uh, that's what it is there. And I know we're running up against it here. What kind of um, – you mentioned you got an interview with Donald Trump coming up. That's awesome. What kind of goals or plans do you have here for yourself for the future, Joe? I just want to keep on expanding the message. I think that the message is good enough that it should reach a, a big uh, audience, and it does. It gets to a very large audience. But in my business, you stay you stay motivated by the fact that there are more uh, stations out there. There's a bigger audience out there available. And I want the work to be good enough to where people say, you know, I'd like to hear that guy more. I'd like to see that guy more. I'd like to find out more about what it is that he's working on. I do have big interviews all the time, and, and I'm very proud of that. And uh, I think on the talkers list, there are 5,000 talk show hosts in the country. I'm number 12, which is a pretty good position to be in. Um, so in, in the future, just I continue to strive. I've always just tried to get, to, will tomorrow be more successful than today? And we've been pretty, we've done a pretty good job of doing that. Certainly you have a step back every once in a while, but uh, a couple of steps forward uh, always makes up for that. So the plans professionally are to do that. The, the plans personally, I've got two grandkids now, you know, more families are being created by my family, the extended family. And uh, of course, we're always very involved in that as well. Wow, yeah, congratulations on the grandkids there. Thanks. And the last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Joe, I'd love to ask all the dads that are get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Understand how important this undertaking is. It's more important than any job interview you've had. It's more important than any at-bat you had in Little League. It's more important than you know asking that girl you liked in sixth grade if, she, if you could hold her hand. This is the chief biggest responsibility and job of your life is to raise a productive member of society that, that is raised with love, understanding, with a great sense of, of uh, productivity and, 
and discipline. If you're if you raise a disciplined child, you're going to raise a really good, outstanding uh, uh, member of our society. And just understand the gravity of it. I'm not trying to scare anybody. It's a great thing, but it is a big responsibility. I'll give you one quick example. When Gabby was born, who was our 20 year old, the other two were eight and seven or nine and eight, and um, and and I told them because they had baby dolls that they would drop every once in a while. No mistakes. This is a big, this is a real person, not even one mistake when it comes to your little, uh, your little sister. Or if I hand her to you, I'm going to stay there with you to make sure that, that she isn't dropping. I'm going to make sure that you love her and hold her neck the way that you, that you should. It, it, it's a matter of understanding this is a real life, a live person that now is going to go through life in a form and fashion directed by you and the child's mother. I think that's the best advice I can give. Yeah, very well said. Very well said, Joe. I love thank the you. message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, Joe Pags, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Alec, you bet. Thanks for inviting me. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Joe Pags for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you are following me on Instagram, at Alec underscore Lace. I'm going to be dropping some bombshell guest announcements on you guys soon. You do not want to miss. You're going to be very excited to see who will be joining me right here on the podcast coming shortly. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.